<laughs> All right. So here's the story. Once upon a time, in a small town, there was a young woman named Emily. She had recently injured her knee while playing soccer and was recommended to undergo physical therapy to aid in her recovery. Little did she know that her therapy sessions would be guided by an advanced AI system. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. I felt like sound effects were muted. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. As Emily walked into the therapy clinic, she was greeted by a friendly therapist named Sarah. Sarah explained that she would be incorporating a cutting-edge AI system to enhance Emily's treatment. Intrigued, Emily decided to give it a try. The AI system, here's the kicker, known as PT Assist, or PT Assist. Interesting. That's the name of the AI system. Mm. Was Hmm. designed to provide personalized guidance and track Emily's progress throughout her therapy journey. It analyzed her medical history, assessed her current condition, and genera- generated a tele- oh, wow, and generated a tailored exercise program to help her strengthen her knee and improve her mobility. During each session, PT Assist guided Emily through a series of exercises displaying detailed instructions and visual demonstrations on a large screen. It also provided real-time feedback, ensuring that Emily maintained proper form and technique. So there, I'm kind of picturing a. You're in an isolated room with a, just a giant projector. It's either it's showing you what to do. Well, you're probably on some a projector showing you what to do, and then you're on a camera that's inputting. So yeah, that's what I'm picturing. So with each passing session, Emily began to notice a significant improvement in her knees, strength, and flexibility. PT assist constantly adapted and adjusted her exercises based on her progress challenging her to reach new milestones. The AI system even had a built-in voice recognition feature, enabling Emily to ask questions and receive immediate responses, making her feel supported and informed throughout her therapy. But it wasn't just the exercises that PT Assist focused on. It also incorporated interactive games and virtual reality simulations to make the sessions engaging and enjoyable. Can't believe they actually thought about that. Right. That's impressive. (laughs) Emily found herself immersed in a virtual world where she began to navigate obstacles that mimicked real-life situation. This helped her regain confidence in her knee and develop functional skills that would aid her in her daily activities. As the weeks went by, Emily's knee continued to improve and she felt a sense of accomplishment with each milestone achieved. PT Assist celebrated her progress with her with encouraging messages and motivational rewards, boosting her motivation to continue pushing herself. So I feel like it could have ended there, but they even brought this into it. So beyond the physical aspect, PT Assist also emphasized the importance of mental well-being. It provided mindfulness exercises and relaxation techniques to help Emily manage any pain or stress associated with her injury. This holistic approach made her therapy sessions not only about healing her knee, but also about nurturing her overall well-being. Dang. Pretty darn good. (laughs) Finally, the day arrived when Emily completed her physical therapy journey with a heart full of gratitude. She thanked Sarah and the PT Assist system for their unwavering support and guidance. She left the clinic feeling stronger, more empowered, and armed with a newfound appreciation of the wonders of AI and healthcare. So that's the story. So if you didn't guess already, today we're talking about 
AI in physical therapy. So a mm-hmm. couple, I would say probably a couple months ago at this point, we did an episode on technology within the field. So we had virtual reality, we had wearable tech, we had AI motion sensors, AI was one of them. And it just kind of came back. AI is still becoming so prominent in today's society. And for today's episode, we used AI to provide us an AI-guided physical therapy session. And that was what I just read to you. Yeah, more of a short story of how it would look type situation. Um, And honestly, I'm not entirely mad at it because that sounds like like it could work. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there are some gaps that are left that I think would just need the fine-tuning of an actual person to be there yeah. in order to accomplish most treatments. Like, I think this could work for something like a minor knee injury, which seems like Emily went through in this scenario here. But I don't think this would work for more complex cases, personally. Well, for me, it's like... I. I- I agree, but even simple cases, there's going to be certain things that don't work. And um, one of the big things we asked is where is the line draw ethically? How far do they go? Are they the one driving all the treatment and you have to listen to it? Are you the one driving all the treatment um, and can make substitutions to what was suggestion suggested? Would it completely wipe us off? Would they now become the PTAs and we wouldn't have a job anymore? Right. I was actually like, like they, they named the AI system PT Assist. Like we're, we legit just got replaced yeah, by this like, system. It sounds like it would kind of replace up exercises when not possible. Um, and you know honestly AI is going into robots so are they going to do hands-on stretching and be able to tell like all that kind of stuff and get the feedback like would right it just away. be the patient shows up the pt checks in and says okay everything's still the same no change in status all right follow your pt assist yeah go AI into your generated program do your that. session and then let me know if you have any questions or you can just straight up ask pt assist and they'll take care of the questions for you and if they can't then i will answer them yeah like we legit it- just got replaced by ai in the scenario yeah it, it's definitely interesting like there's definitely Things that I don't think you can replace. Like, it's super hard in that kind of scenario, just going off of that. Like, they talk about feedback right away and corrections. But there's so many patients that I treat who, when you give them correction verbally, they have they have no clue how to correct it. And you could explain it like 6,000 different ways, but they need that tactile cueing. They need that assistance or uh, actual visual assistance too versus just, you know, verbal. Um, I feel like they would lose that tactile cueing. Yeah, and that's so so key. And so it's like, okay, well, what happens if a patient continues just to go into the incorrect form over and over and over again? Well, the AI actual system, I'm assuming, would adjust. Um and then you think about things like patients with strokes where you're physically having to assist them in mimicking or not mimicking, but going through the motions because they don't have the full motor control. And you're working on getting that back, but you're doing things like, well, just in general, any neuro techniques that help facilitate, like tapping, for example, while trying to get, you know, the quad to activate while doing gait training. Um how how would all that go down? And would it be correct for a robot to actually do that? Because will they know when to draw the line? 
because it can be super frustrating also for patients when they're doing things like this. They can get frustrated. They can get exhausted. And if the system says, no, you're fine. Keep going. You're going to keep going. Where's who stops? (laughs) Who hits the e-stop button? And will the system actually have the, the capability of you know, talking to them and really showing the importance in that situation and registering that. Because it's not that you always get asked questions or they ask you questions, but you can kind of walk a patient through something and then they're more willing to be able to do do something for you. Um, well, and I agree. Like we, them. And bringing up the robots too, I think the biggest part that would you can't really replace, and they mentioned this in another article I have here um, from Prover. Provo College is the replacement of compassion and mm-hmm. a form of communication. So like you mentioned, you would have robots and if robots had the AI system, maybe they could know, oh, I need to facilitate the quad by tapping on it. Like they're programmed to be able to do that. But like you said, where's that line? Where like where's it like, okay, we need to try a different approach. Would they still try to continue that approach? And just the empathy and compassion that humans have you can't really replace that and it's such a valuable skill to have in this field yeah because a lot of patients are coming in with pain like their life has changed they can't really complete their adls like they used to unfortunately sometimes they take it out on us and we kind of just have to take it like we have to know that they're not meaning it personally towards us they've just been having a really rough time, their back hurts, they can't sleep, they can't drive, they can't eat, like they're just in so much discomfort and we just happen to be there. Unfortunately, most times making the pain a little bit worse because we have to work through it a little bit and we Mm -hmm. still get the poor end of that. So I don't think robots, even with an AI system, would be able to communicate that empathy and compassion as well as another actual person could. Yeah. And the thing, too, is like, so currently my husband has been actually testing some AI stuff for his work. And one of the things that he's learned with some of the different AI systems is that if the AI system doesn't know the answer to the question, it makes up an answer. It just makes up what it thinks is right. And it's like, okay, well, we need to make sure that doesn't happen because that could be completely wrong. And then you got things that are protocol, not all protocols are exactly the same and so it's like would those protocols be set up by the by the physical therapist in the system would that even be allowed would it just automatically take a protocol it knows for like a say for um rotator to cuff terry because i feel like those change all depending on the doctor so many different times (laughs) or even acls right now too (laughs) like i have an acl who was um you know advanced way faster than another ACL the other a couple months ago um, because yeah. they're done by total doctors or different doctors. We, we had so, a whole episode on that too and that one's just quite frustrating really. Yeah and so it's, it's definitely like okay are we taking there's definitely some cool things that could come from it we could take into it could register age and it can register other morbidities that um, are there and it can kind of dictate maybe a protocol that would be based best on their healing situation and actually the rate so you we know we know kids and younger people heal faster so it's like okay would we actually be able to set a protocol 
that's more towards them versus someone who's in 60. So like there's definitely some cool things, but I think it really comes down to where is the line of how much can AI do and how much, where, where should it stop being used? And the big thing, like you said, is compassion. They always said, in general, there's two fields that AI should never replace. First field. Building themselves. Yeah, they should never build themselves. It's technology. You always are going to have to have the people coming up with the technology too. Um, Then the second one is healthcare because there is a compassion component versus just a straight book component. And I think it goes really good to say like as much as it can learn and it can adapt is the whole goal of artificial intelligence. It's still just taking in all the information. It's like having a library, guys. Think of it this way. It's got a library, but it's going to go based off of what the books say. And as Ken always says, bodies don't read books. And AIs don't read read bodies and you know they can't tell the difference truly of what's going on and so I think that compassion and actually that caring component would be lacking and let's be honest who really wants to go and do PT and just be in a room get told by a robot what to do not me see and and I'm I'm gonna just play devil's advocate here because I think that this whole scenario could work for some people yeah, for some people, I agree. If yes. someone has, you know, a hurt knee or maybe a sprained ankle, the PT just does the quick check. Maybe they're younger in their 20s and it's just a grade one sprain, like they'll be fine. It's just super routine type of treatment. All right, send them to PT assist, have them run through the motions. They'll gauge their range of motion, their strength, and progress them as the AI seems fit. Mm-hmm. And to me, that doesn't sound like it would be that bad. For it just, it can't, I can't say I can't, but I don't believe it would work for everybody is my biggest thing. So I don't know if it's going to be like, oh, we're going to have a couple of PT assists patients where it's fairly routine. Cool. You're going to be sent to the PT assist AI generated program. Oh, you're a little bit more complicated. You have a little bit more comorbidities. Each day kind of fluctuates. Let's send you to the human side of things. Mm-hmm. So maybe there'll be clinics that run a little bit of both. Yeah. And again, there it, there's definitely some questions that won't be answered because, and we won't be able to answer because of the fact that this is not actually out there, but I think it's trending in a certain way that way. Um, I think we're starting to see some AI being used in um, some programs to write notes, which by all means, if they want to write my note, great. I'm okay with that. <laughs> that would make my life a little easier. Uh, I, by all means, if they want to, if I can type in one thing and they generate a great note, by all, all means, go ahead. Um, or, you know, writing evals for PTs, you know how much more time that would save? Um. So there's definitely, I think, some ways that AI can be used efficiently. Like, I love the idea of it adapting and taking, turning some exercises into video games, virtual video games. I think that's a a way you can definitely keep people entertained and gear it more towards them. Um, And the scenario, they even had them doing, like, actual life 
Um, what did it say? Hold on, let me put it back up. Like, even in this example, they had virtual reality simulations to make the sessions engaging and mm -hmm. found herself immersed and navigating obstacles and mimicking real-life situations. So yeah. for you to be put in a virtual world guided by AI and she injured her knee playing soccer to put her into some soccer regimens, which is something we would do, ideally. Yeah. Would like be they great. even they but even the, thought the about thing that. Is That's like who sets up who too. sets up all that? Great question. The who's, putting AI the, itself. who's putting the obstacle? Like, yeah, you'd have to have like a full floor like that. If I was the PT, the... I would just like come in and be like, PT mm -hmm. assist. They're a soccer player. Put them through the ropes. And then yeah, like, but like okay. again, like if they've got ladder drills, who's putting the ladder out? <laughs> the patients gotta go get it themselves. Yeah, who's putting <laughs> like the obstacle five course feet out? To your right, along the wall, there is a ladder. Place it along yeah. the floor, and then we'll proceed to our exercise. True, true. Yeah, that's right. Maybe and that's then what about any passive range of motions? See, this is why I don't think it would work for everybody. Because at that point, you wouldn't need a robot. Because even with your example with strokes, I think strokes is a great way because that one mm -hmm. is so situational. Everybody has different presentations with strokes. Yeah. They We have like a baseline. Okay, we know where the stroke occurred. This is typically how they respond. This is what happens. This is what the course of treatment we're going to do. But even then, it still could vary a little bit. So I don't think AI would be able to guide a treatment for someone who has had a stroke. Mm -hmm. That's why I feel like maybe an outpatient ortho, kind of like this patient, it More could work. straightforward, yeah. Yeah, but there are definitely cases where I, unless AI is ri that ridiculous, then maybe... And like you said, it's taken over more and more and more and more people are using it. It's being incorporated in more businesses, like you said, for the notes. So I don't know if there's going to be a point where AI takes over physical therapy and maybe used as another form of treatment. But then like the billing side of things, do you think you you could bill full? Do you think insurance companies would accept reimbursing an AI guided treatment an AI guided treatment me uh yeah because they're gonna they just go under the reason is is they're gonna go under it's been clinically proven because it's gonna be need to be clinically proven as a valid resource and then at the same time they could kind of charge less if you think about it like if you got an AI guided treatment because this is what I see happening in the scenario that they gave on the story that we started off with if let's just say that that's how that clinic is ran correct okay if you have that in real honesty you could have you know four six patients easily in one hour that one pt can oversee all of those and maybe they're watching and monitoring on the screen watching all of them at the same time kind of making sure everything's going okay throughout but they're really not doing anything because the AI is doing it. So you get to save money that way. Um, you know, insurance could save money because, and realistically, like, in, places could start charging less to insurances, but still be making more of a profit because they have less employees to employ. 
Um, because again, you could have a, if you're honestly, if we're having an AI generated treatment, we've got AI scheduling and we've got AI billing. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't think there'll be a lot of actual physical workers in the situation that was presented. Let me, let me put it that way. They're going to be replaced so. by people who need to manage the AI. Yes, exactly. Because I doubt the PT the is going to be. Also, if something happens with the AI system and it goes down, okay, you need a tech support on standby ready yep. to go fix it. Otherwise, you're about to have six patients come in and no AI system to guide it. Yeah, and another you're going to have a PT. If you're going down, if you look down 10, you know, five years down the line, are you going to have a PT who knows how to actually treat? If this has <laughs> been out True. That long. long term, like you're going to have the problems of... Yeah, they're just gonna be spoiled. If and it goes down, like, how, oh, how? Forgot how to do this. Hold on, let me. I don't know it. how to do <laughs> AI had you doing this, so I'm gonna do something similar. Well, and it's the same thing. Like if you think about, like when we go through our clinical rotations, when you're going through class, you understand the whole entire concepts, or most of them, I should say. You know, you're still learning, but you understand the concepts that are given. But when you get out into actual clinicals, so much of that is actually different. And if you don't get to practice that, then you're not going to be good at it. You, if you, you know, I'm pretty sure all of us would say we would sucked if we'd never had a clinical. Like if we just took the test and then went right into the field, oh, that would have been 10 times harder. Um, we wouldn't know what to do, really, because it can't translate from school to actual real world. And so if you do it where you learn it all. And then AI kind of you come out and you understand the concepts and the basics and everything like that. You understand what AI should be doing and what the physical therapy session should be looking like and how they should be progressing. But you actually never run them through a program. If AI goes down, you're screwed. Oh, yeah, you're, like, you're royally screwed. Some people would be able to pick it up. I, like, I'm not saying everybody would. but Some people would be able to pick up. But I might say most cases people are screwed. So it's it's definitely a double-edged sword. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be like I honestly think technology and AI can really help advance our field. I really feel like it can help advance the quality of life for so many people. I'm not trying to be negative Nancy on AI right here, but there's definitely some downfalls that I feel like a lot of people don't think about when introducing it. And honestly, you want my honest opinion? I think if AI came out, the PTA position would be would go extinct. Extinct. We'd either have to transition transition into like a different role, or we would go bye bye. To an extent. Yeah, I think they would definitely use us a lot less, yeah. unless you're and at so the clinics that. Yeah, because all the PTAs would have to go to clinics that AI can't take over in. Yeah. So like balance, it, it definitely balance would clinics. Make things- Places like that. I feel yeah, like but AI. if balance clinics, you put you put a balance patient into a harness, let AI run them through their obstacle courses, their exercises. But they have to buckle themselves. No, Man, like you we would can't, literally we can't have do someone, anything. If you have a PT who's overseeing them, they, you literally would have them buckle them in, set them up on it, and then the machine would take over from there. Well, we're going extinct. <laughs> if AI I, is I think... you heard it here here folks you heard it here first <laughs> that if AI is successful in the physical therapy community PTAs would be only a dime a dozen 
I think that is a risk that is possible. It's a possibility risk if we don't make sure we stand up for ourselves in our position in the job. Like, again, I think AI can be great, but I think it should be used as an assistant tool to help all therapists, not just the PTs, all therapists, and not a tool that is relied on. I agree. So I guess that's my, my, my two cents about AI. No, no, I agree with what you said. Because just reading this story, the PT assist just took over the PT assistant role. Role. Like literally it became, it literally became the PTA. <laughs> the PTA. PTA was not required at all for this patient to be able to run through their treatment and successfully come out the other end. Better now, than ever. If an AI system, I'm all for putting in the diagnosis, protocols, current levels of function, current range, and it's spitting out exercises that I can choose from. I'm all for something like that. Like, hey, here's your list of actual ones that are recommended for this type of improving outcome based off of this. I'm all for that. And if it wants to give me like, hey, this can be performed in this time frame, this is the best in this time frame, so on, so on, so on. I'm all for AI, but I'm still the one picking and choosing which I think are going to be best. It's just giving me a list of recommendations. That does sound like a great idea. Too hard, right? Like I'll take that, but I'm still the one dictating based off of the plan of care. Of course, I'm not saying fully, but based off of what plan of care is set, their injury, everything I'm allowed to do already as a PTA, taking that and just being like, oh, it recommends you know in week two doing scapula you know, stabilization. It's got this, this, and this. Mm, no, let's add this one in. I like this one. This is a good one for this time frame because they can do it type thing. So, um, you're that or one to help me with my notes. Yeah, that too. I'll take the one. That, I think that both of those would be me. a great way and we would still be relevant. Yes. So that's my, my, again, I, I, I think AI is great guys. I, there are certain parts that scare the living daylights on me. I've heard a lot. And there's certain things I'm like, yes, please give it to me. <laughs> but um, I know it probably sounded like throughout this episode, they're all like, Laura really must hate AI. <laughs> she must hate technology. But that's actually not true at all. <laughs> no, there are definitely benefits. But there, yeah. we just have to also be mindful of the negative impacts it can also have in our field. And I feel like that's why we did today's episode mm -hmm. with AI still on the rise today. And what it would mean for our field if it became more incorporated. Yeah, but agreed. I think, and I, I think a lot would have to be proven before it gets there. So I'm not saying like I don't think it's in you know, I don't think it's anything we'll see in the next five years, honestly. Uh ten years, fifteen. Well, maybe years? pieces. Maybe pieces in the next five years. But I still think a lot of it would have to get past like if it's helping with treatment. If it's helping with treatment, then I don't think anything's gonna get then I think it'll progress faster. Let me say it that way. If it's just helping like a kind of like what I recommended with the exercise list and helping with your notes, write your notes, but you're still overseeing it all. I think that will get implemented a lot faster than an AI taking over a treatment. Cause I think that would have to go through a lot of channels of getting approval. Like you said, through insurance. Yeah. I think like that would that. just take much longer, like 15, maybe yeah. 20 years. So. I don't think it's going to be happening anytime soon. Hopefully There's just I'll way be too retired many barriers. 
At the same we're time, going extinct. Yes. <laughs> at the same time, oh dang it, Lori, you saying that made me forget what Sorry. I was gonna say. <laughs> Hold on, give me a second. No, come back to me. Otters um, out the door. Otters are out the door. No, I said that or it's out the door. Oh, they said otters are but out I'll the door. But I'll take an otters, dude. Otters are so cute. Have you seen them? They're adorable. They're like little puppies. You know it's legal wow, to own one in California? A puppy? Yeah. I know. No, otters. I know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I know you meant an otter, but you also mentioned puppy. Dang it, nope. I lost it. <laughs> well, who knows if he'll ever come back to me. Um, no, we'll that's, do I think that's all we had. There. Did you have anything else? Nope, that's pretty much it on how I have my opinion on it. Alright, well with that, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys are having an amazing week. Check us out on Instagram, on YouTube. Make sure to follow if you guys have any thoughts. Feel free to just comment on our posts or just reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you guys. And until then, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Alright guys, bye.